This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 168th episode of Talk Direction. And today is a very exciting episode because we have a special return guest to the show. Uh, Welcome, Stephanie. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back, (laughs) I should say. So you were on episode 139, which which was a On My Own song discussion. Is that correct? Yes. That was that episode. That's great. And you're in Germany? I am, yes. <laughs> so what time is it for you right now? Uh, it's um, 10 to 7. 10, 10 to 7, 7 p.m. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it's like 10 to 10 a.m. for me. <laughs> yeah, Lucia oh, came on and was like, good morning, you guys. <laughs> I totally forgot. That was not morning for everyone. <laughs> And it's right smack in the middle of the day for me. It's almost 1 p.m. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so because you've been on the show today, um, I mean, you've been on the show already. Um, I'm not going to, like, ask you all the questions about your introduction to the fandom and stuff. Um, yeah. But if anyone's curious, you can go listen to episode 139 and get all the background info on Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) But you've been a listener of the show for quite a while, right? I have been, yeah. And I think I've I've listened, listened, gone back to listen to all the episodes I originally missed. Yeah. Oh, nice. I think I've listened to most of it, I want to say. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like I remember you saying that you're like a late comer to One Direction. Yeah, and, and I also remember... Caitlin mentioning that people keep saying that, but uh-huh. now if I say I got into the fandom in like 2016, that right. is a lot earlier than a lot of other people. Now that That's true. everybody has gone solo, yeah, 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 it's a different world now. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so strange. I can't get, I can't wrap my head around the fact that it's been like three years, over three years since One D like split up like it just blows my mind it blows my mind especially thinking about how old they all were I was like Louis was what like 23 and now I'm 24 how does that even make sense (laughs) like it I just get very confused yeah it's a lot um so today we are doing another song discussion episode and today we're going to be talking about Harry Styles song woman um before we get to that we do have a patreon which you can check out at patreon.com slash talk direction. And basically that's just another a way that you can support the show um, financially. So you can sign up for as little as $1 a month and we do some sort of bonus content over there. So we do um, what we call talk direction download, which is a extra 30 minute episode. And we'll sometimes talk about stuff that we maybe didn't want to talk about on the main show. Cause it's more, controversial or more personal um and we also are doing uh fanfic book club which is a recent uh thing that we've been doing um and the 
episode we're doing today after we record this main episode is actually going to be our fanfic book club episode, which Stephanie will be joining us for. So I'm very excited about that. And um, we're also, we have some pod fix. So I've been doing readings of these inconvenient fireworks and I took an unintentional break of three months. Um, (laughs) I I didn't realize you had. I know. I didn't really either, to be honest, but (laughs) I just posted a new chapter and I'm going to post two more chapters this weekend. So if you want some extra pod fix, you can go over to our Patreon um, for that. And I'm, oh yes, I'm curious, Stephanie, as someone who is uh, a Patreon supporter, what do you see yep. the difference between like Patreon TDDL stuff and like the main show? Is there a Ooh, difference? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, yes, I do see a difference. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more uh, curses run around (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's a lot more just um honest and uncensored you definitely have that i think that's interesting to to get that flip side of things and to have that less censored version all right that's good to know because i feel like that's what we like say about it but i'm never sure if you know, because we are very open on the podcast, but yeah. I, I definitely feel like we are less censored and more open and go on rants and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I yeah, I feel like I'm way more, like, way more honest on TDDL, but also I'm, like, way too honest on TDDL and on the main podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> sometimes when I'm editing, I'm like, why did I say that? <laughs> um, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we do have a little bit of news this week. Um, I was going to mention that Niall is going to be performing on the Late Late Show, um, with Julia Michaels, but it's actually happening on February 18th, which means most people listening to this probably will have missed it or it's going to be like in a couple hours. So (laughs) (laughs) hopefully you caught that or I'm sure you can watch reruns. Um, but I'm excited to see that. Because um, yeah, we've never too. seen them perform it together, and we haven't seen Niall perform it at all. Yeah. Julia always wears the most beautiful clothing when she performs. Like, I'm obsessed with all the dresses she wears and very floral, so I'm excited to see what she's wearing. Yeah. Stephanie, are you going to watch that? I'm probably going to watch it on YouTube once yeah. somebody puts it up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I definitely want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and next we have our Louis Watch 2019. So <laughs> yeah, please, please do that. I'm excited for that. I think that's, <laughs> Every week. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we don't have news anymore. We just have Louis Watch 2019. Um, <laughs> so we actually weren't really going to have anything for this. But literally 30 minutes before we started recording, we got some, uh, some little tidbits of news. So a new track titled two of us has been registered on g-e-m-a which is the german um it's like ascap for germany so it's the society <laughs> ascap well i come to the german ascap yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that's funny that we have you on today and this is the german that's interesting well. coincidence <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it's the society for um 
musicians and composers, something like that. But it's basically the website where you can register your trademarks and copyrights for songs. So Louis is listed as a composer slash author, along with three other people for this song called Two of Us. And LT Publishing Limited has been listed as the original publisher. So all the publishing stuff is kind of confusing to me, I think to most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also found it interesting that Cobalt was listed as a sub-publisher for this track because that's the company that Zane is with that like um, gives the like music rights to the actual like people who write the song. So mm. yeah, just a lot of interesting industry stuff um, that I don't entirely understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the publishing, I guess oftentimes there's the writers of the song and then there's the publishing company and the publishing company will get a lot of the royalties from the song. So if you have your songs um, through your own publishing company, then that just means you have way more control and you get pretty much like most of the royalties from the song. So that's cool that he has that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So someone sort of saw this and tweeted it and um, people were talking about it on the internet. And then, Louis liked a tweet, which was just a tweet of someone saying two of us. Um, so that's exciting. And then also two of us is, was trending worldwide on Twitter. Like, I think it like still is. <laughs> yeah, like literally like 10 minutes after someone like took this photo. It's number two worldwide right now. It oh, is? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, and then last week there was a casting call put out for a music video being shot. Wait, wait, can I say something about two of us? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go back to it. Oh, okay. I'm just including this because I feel oh, like it. it could be related. Yeah. Um, so there was this casting call put out for a music video um, for a local Doncaster man, and they were looking for a 70 to 80-year-old widower um, who must be from Yorkshire to film a music video. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, obviously this could be anything, but, like, there's a lot of connections there. So, um, yeah, what do you guys think of all of this? Um, We can go to Caitlin first since you had some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I've seen a lot of people trying to guess if Two of Us is his new song that's coming out. I mean, I would think that the song that's coming out as the single next would already be registered. Like, Mm -hmm. so it feels like, oh, once you finish and write a song, then you register it. Sometimes they don't seem to go up publicly. Sometimes they do. It doesn't really, it's not all consistent. Mm -hmm. Um. But I don't know. I'm not convinced this is the next single, but it could be the next single. Um, but I also saw people talking about how Louis and his mom, he was always saying, like, oh, it's just the two of us. And, yeah. like, um, then he had also said there was a ballad that he thought fans would like on the album because it, like, mm-hmm. goes really deep. And I'm just like, oh, that could be it. That I could imagine that being it because it could be two of us definitely is about it makes it seem like it's about a close relationship in whatever capacity that is Mm. um so yeah i'm i think it's really awesome and he liked it so clearly it is a song that's written by him (laughs) and like it's not just us speculating like he's in on it yeah i bet he was so happy to see all the like freaking out you know yeah it must be reassuring too that it's like trending worldwide like honestly like literally just from some random screenshot of this right. German, it wasn't even the like American or like the. It was just like the German, you know, form. And then he like liked one tweet, and just from that, it's like trending worldwide. Like yeah. it's amazing. 
It's so cool. And it might, like, I imagine he's trying to figure out, like, what sort of fans he still has and, like, what his count numbers will be and, like, who will come to tour. So that's right. pretty amazing to see that sort of fan power behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, are you excited about this song? I'm definitely excited. And, I mean, but I also still think it's all very, very random. And it's mm-hmm. been all very, very random for since January, basically. I mean, especially going back to your Louis watch and this whole idea <laughs> of, oh, the song has got next, the single's going to come out next Friday, next uh-huh. Friday. <laughs> I, like, I mean, he said it, so... <laughs> yeah. No, no, I feel like, have I, have I been the only person who really didn't think he was going to release anything in January? <laughs> I don't think you were the only person. I think me and Caitlin are just too excited. Well, it's because he said, yeah, I'm releasing a song in January, and his sister said it. It's not like I'm just pulling this out of, like, my butt. Like, like it's because... He told us and then it didn't happen you know like with yeah. harry he hasn't said anything and i'm like oh it's never gonna happen it's gonna be a long time right but like louis literally said it like his sister said it so i'm like uh, i don't know yeah my hopes were high <laughs> <laughs> no but i'm very excited so um i think this should be good and i think i, I really like the title so i think mm-hmm. that should be good uh, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still kind of hung up on the whole casting call for the local Doncaster man who is a 70 to 80 year old widower. I know. I don't get that. It's also really funny because in the questionnaire, um, like when you go to sign up for this role, which I didn't sign up, but I went through the application. um, It has a question that says, do you like football? Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay, that is way too specific. And I'm like, if someone says, like, no, Louis is going to be like, next. <laughs> well, it must, like, I imagine it could be, like, a flash forward to him in the future or something. And yeah. it's, like, you know, a parallel between him as a young person and him as an old man. So they might have mm. to do some football and stuff. Yeah, I feel um, like if this is Louis' music video and it's this song called Two of Us, I think it's going to be um, very emotional. Yeah. yeah, it could be two of us as in young Louis, old Louis, like Ooh. not two different people, but two parts of his life. But why would they ask for a widower? I know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Your wife must be dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of random, I think. Plus, like, also, you could just hire an old man actor. You don't I have know. to get like a legit person from Doncaster. But that's that's not authentic. It needs yeah. to be authentic. Yeah. I guess yeah. so. I don't yeah. know. It's probably like some student film or something. I know. <laughs> or like some fan who's just come up with this and snuck in that football thing just to mess with everyone else. Well, this website is legit though. Like you can't make a joke. Like you have to like legit. <laughs> that's cool. Um, well, but it could totally be like some random person <laughs> who's not Louis. <laughs> it's just fun to speculate and yeah. it's all we have for now. So Yeah. And, but if they are asking for like a widower, like that detail means that it's going to be more than just a music video. Cause you wouldn't care if they weren't going to do anything mm. else. Like the reason you would want those specificities is like, maybe they will be like, you know how often in music videos it'll like, at the beginning or at the end or in the middle, there'll be, like, sort of an interlude where there's talking and sort of, like, more. So I imagine there might be something where he's, like, talking about his wife or, like, you know, reflecting back. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Something like that where 
because you you wouldn't care if it's a wiz- widower if they're not going to do anything with that. You know. Well, maybe they just want someone who's maybe they, there's like a really specific like narrative for this video, and they want someone who's like actually Nibali. had that experience or something. Yeah, I, don't know. I suppose. Who knows? Time will tell. Yeah. Sounds like it could be really good though. Whatever this is. Yeah, definitely. Do either of you have anything else you want to say about Louis? I love him. <laughs> I know I was going to say, like, for now. I mean, not in general. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Same. Okay. So, our main <coughs> discussion today, we are going to be talking about women. We are... W- woman. <laughs> yeah, sorry. What w- woman? <laughs> yes. Be accurate, please. <laughs> we are finally finishing up our Harry song discussions, and... We're um, we're doing the last three over February and sort of talking about different aspects of love and romance. So last week we did our Only Angel episode, which was sort of focused on double standards and love song tropes and ended up being more of a discussion about um, sort of misogyny. Um, That was like an intense episode. It was. I was kind of worried about it because I it was intense. Um, but we got we've gotten great feedback from it so far. So I know. Thank, thanks to everyone who's like given us feedback. Um, I really really appreciate it, and I'm glad that um, people liked that episode because I was worried. <laughs> I know it's weird because like like we went in so hard on that one, but mm-hmm. like the feedback has been so like beautiful that mm-hmm. I'm like wow we should go hard on them more often. Although yeah. I feel like you don't want that every time. No. It's like too much. We couldn't handle but. that. <laughs> Yeah, it was because it was hard to record, too, just because it, it was, was very upsetting, the whole thing. Yeah, um, and I cut yeah. a lot out as well. <laughs> if you haven't listened, definitely go listen. Send us your feedback. We love getting it. Yeah, so, it's hard yeah. with discussions like that because I feel like whenever you're talking about, like, hard stuff, um, especially when it's things that, like, you want to be, like, you want to say things the right way. Exactly. It can be really hard because, like, as I was editing that episode, I was, like, I kept being, like, oh, like, that's not how I should have said this. Or, like, oh, I should have mm-hmm. said this. Like, I forgot to say this. But really the only options are to sort of do it the way we did it um, or to, like, write a complete script. And then you're basically just, like, reading something the entire episode, which, like, yeah. is boring and not why people listen to podcasts. And also when you put the pressure of your, like, writing a whole script, it never actually ends up happening, you know? Mm. Then you just don't talk right. about it ever. And it's, like, better to, like, talk about it in sort of an organic, messy way than to just yeah. not talk about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people know that we're just two people chatting, so. <laughs> yeah. And we're open to feedback. I think that's the Absolutely. biggest thing. Like, we're open to hearing feedback and learning and growing. I think that's what these conversations should be based in. It shouldn't be based on like, you know, attacking people or making people right. feel like their opinions are stupid. You know, it's about trying to listen and grow and learn. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I think I come at um, these discussions like very honestly, especially this one, because like the more, um, you know, in my feelings I am, the less likely I'm going to be like edited. And that was definitely mm. the case for last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I know that when I listen to like podcasts and stuff, that's what I always appreciate is when I'm just getting like the real person talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I'm glad that people appreciate that. And um, yeah. So for today's episode um, for women, 
we're going to sort of uh, talk about like jealousy, which is kind of what the song seems to be about. And Caitlin, you wrote Burning Desire. <laughs> I was just, I thought, okay, these were my notes for myself. And then Lucia oh, used okay. So I'm not sure if you wanted me to put that in. I mean, yeah, I feel like there is a, it's like kind of an overwhelming desire. I mean, it when is. I was writing this, Burning Desire just came to mind. It wasn't yeah. the most. Yes. Well, I feel like that goes along with jealousy. Yeah. It, it's like this overwhelming, like craving almost you feel through the song, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, Stephanie, what are your sort of, like, initial uh, overall thoughts about Woman? Is this a song that you listen to? Do you like it? Um, I think I've I've reached the point of having mixed feelings about it. Mm. Um, When I I think when I originally listened to it after the album came out, um, I mostly like just musically I thought it was a fun song you had this this dark and sexy vibe in the music I think mm-hmm. um and I didn't think too much about the lyrics but then just like this past week after you asked me <laughs> if I want to yeah, talk about it <laughs> when you start going deep everything ends up falling apart <laughs> yeah I started to think about it um mm-hmm. and I still thought it was I mean I still thought it was um interesting and kind of almost self-aware mm-hmm. with regard to the yes. jealousy aspect I and agree. then you came on with, with the only angel episode and the Bukowski mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then then I was like well I was aware <laughs> of kind of him liking Bukowski but I wasn't aware that only angel and woman both directly quoted from his material right. and yeah then it all went downhill um, yeah. but I still like the song okay <laughs> so. that's good <laughs> <laughs> um Caitlin what about you do you is this a song that you listen to regularly now that we've had the album for a while um yeah I do quite like this song um I really liked it live I thought that was it was really fun to dance to and sing to and I think it is one of those just like you said like sexy and dark like I feel like that mm-hmm. fit really well with like the tone and the music mm-hmm. um and I think it's kind of a fun song mm-hmm. um it sticks out to me too, like sound wise from some mm. of the other ones. Like I don't yeah. think there's many that sound quite like that on the album. Um, kind of this like mid tempo, like I think of like a, I don't know, like a misty bar situation. Mm. Where there's like a mm. band in the corner or something. A misty know. bar. <laughs> like I don't know. I feel like fog <laughs> rolling in. Like <laughs> I don't know. From the swamp? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> that's just how I picture it, like a fog machine or something. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's, I think the instrumental in this song is like off yeah. the charts, amazing. Me too. It's definitely one of those songs that I'll sing to the guitar, and that's when I know the music's really good. Because, yeah. Because like I'm singing the guitar parts, which really doesn't sound like anything when I'm singing it, but mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. So, um, and I think that just like the very like. There's such a beat to it, obviously, with, like, the duck quacking sounds and whatnot. Yeah. That, like, really get your, like, whole body going. I don't know. Yeah. I really like it. Definitely. Yeah. I like this song a lot. So, um, so there is a, there's a lyric in this song that is a lyric that was sort of inspired by a line from a Bukowski poem. So that's the only relation this song has. Um, and... I was I texted um, Stephanie and Caitlin when we were planning this episode that I don't have the heart um, 
<laughs> to talk about Bukowski anymore. So yeah. um, they might have thoughts on it, which they may share as we discuss the song. But for me personally, I am sort of separating it um, just for my own mental health. <laughs> um, so I remember when I first heard it, I was very intrigued by it because musically it is quite different and there's some things about it musically that I feel like are very unique um, to this song, uh, especially on Harry's album. Um, so I think it's a cool song for that reason. And then I also heard the song and thought it, it had, it was very similar in my mind to um, Dolly Parton's song, Jolene. Um, oh, okay. yeah, definitely. Ooh. Yeah, so I kind of like had that thought and then um, that's kind of how I think about the song when I hear it. I don't think that that was the intention when the song was written, but that's how I interpret it. And that's how I listen to it. Um, It makes it a lot more interesting for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And also when we heard Harry sing girl crush, um, that kind of cemented the idea in my head because girl crush is a very similar um, meaning lyrically to Jolene. So for anyone who's not aware, Jolene uh, is a Dolly Parton song and it's basically saying about this Jolene, um, she says, I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Um, so the whole song is about this woman, Jolene. Um, but it's but it's actually about how Jolene is like, you know, trying to steal Dolly Parton's man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, that's kind of how I interpret the song um, when I listen to it. So yeah, we're just going to get into the song, the like song lyrically. So I guess first I'll read the credits. So the song was released with the album on May 12th in 2017. And it is track nine on Harry's self-titled album. It was written by Mitch Rowland, Ryan Nassi, Tyler Johnson, Alex Libyan, Jeff Basker, and Harry. Um, vocals by Harry, keyboard Alex Libyan, bass Ryan Nassi, drums Mitch Rowland, guitar Mitch Rowland, and piano Alex Libyan. And it was recorded at GGM Studios in Jamaica. Um, and it was produced by Kid Harpoon, Tyler Johnson, Alex Libyan, and Jeff Basker. Um, and is there anything else either of you wanted to mention before we get into going through the lyrics? Nope. No, don't think so. Okay. So this song actually opens with some dialogue. And it is... Wait, some- can we talk about the title? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I had, a Every note, I had a note to do that on my personal notes, but I was looking at the main doc. Um, so this song is entitled Woman. Um, what are our thoughts on that? Uh, let's go to Caitlin. I have mixed feelings about this because mm-hmm. I remember back when we were speculating what the songs were about, we were like, oh my God, this might be about like Gemma and Anne and women and oh, like, boy. <laughs> empowerment <laughs> well. song and like... And it's clearly not that. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, it's sort of, like, I like it, mm-hmm. but there's the whole idea of sort of taking the identity away from the woman and describing her as this sort of, just by her gender and, like, this sort yep. of woman and this grouping that obviously mm-hmm. is not great. Obviously, I, I don't think that's where he's coming from, but... It's just kind of uh, dehumanizing a bit. If yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Stephanie? Um, I agree with that as well. So you have kind of, I think, various shades or kind of um, 
angles on that. So I think you have the idea of woman as in kind of not anyone specific. So could be about any woman, could be a statement mm -hmm. about kind of all women, um, could be this, as you said, this uh, anonymous aspect, this faceless aspect, um, this objectification aspect of, as, as you said, Caitlin, stripping away someone's identity, taking away her name, um, any kind of um, distinguishing characteristics, which is also something that I think um, we see throughout the song. So there's no character traits or physical markers, which you still had in songs like um, Carolina, where she had, where she was a person. Right. Or in mm -hmm. Only Angel, where she ha we have this brother aspect, and kind of she's the girl in the short skirt, but she's very kind of specific. Mm -hmm. Or she's the crazy party girl in in Kiwi. So here she's kind of no one or everyone. Mm. Um, so I think that's interesting um, because I did from pretty early on. I did group the song together with Carolina. And mm -hmm. Kiwi and only Angel as this in this group of songs of Harry writing about women in a way that mm -hmm. is vaguely problematic. Yeah. It's so yeah. sad because I'm like, why can't we just have an episode where we talk about his songs in a positive light? <laughs> we <laughs> but will it's just, next week. it's so impossible. <laughs> it's impossible not to talk about these things. Cause I think it's like stuff we all kind of like we feel. Yeah. But we kind of shove it down because we're like, no, we like Harry. Like, let me just live with this. But there's like, especially for, obviously there's more obvious in songs like Only Angel, but in a song like Woman, it's like, for me, there's like this like little wormy that's like always mm -hmm. like kind of poking me. And like, I just want to be like, no, I like it. Leave me alone, worm. But yeah. <laughs> I can't. Well, and sort of some of the discussions people have been having since our Only Angel dis Angel song discussion is a lot about um, just sort of, you know, the people that someone like Harry may surround himself, especially surround himself with, especially creatively. You know, we look at his writing team for his last album and it was all white men. Um, and I think there's, um, there needs to be more sort of diversity on some level of the creation of these songs just for him to have a better idea especially given that a large portion of his audience are not um white straight white men so yeah and lucia and i were talking and we were saying like especially given like the whole uh, me too movement and what's that guy's name oh ryan adams yeah ryan adams and and everything that's come out about him um, that you a, a, a man in the industry, in the music industry, you can't just be neutral. Like you can't mm. just be sitting there and being like, I'm just going to let things flow and just do what I want. And like, you know, I'm not a part of the negativity, so yeah. I'm okay. I'm saying, no, that's not good enough. That's mm -hmm. not okay. If you're not part of the negativity and you're neutral, that's not good enough. You need to be actively trying to change it. If you're in such a position of privilege and power, mm -hmm. like I think Harry should be going out of his way to seek a diverse group, not just, you know, like letting it be. He needs right. to be the change. He needs to be that person who, cause he has, he has, I think he has the, you know, he wants that it's mm -hmm. like he's you mm -hmm. know there in his head yes um and he has the power to do it so i think like it's his responsibility as um, a white man in the industry to to do that especially given his audience you know yeah and it takes work beyond just saying beyond just like saying um 
you know, I want like, like with someone like Harry, like, I think you can see like he, he chooses a lot of, op- you know, for his opening act for his for- first tour, it was obvious right. that he was choosing um, like women and queer women to like open for him, which is great. Yeah. But um, part of the problem is like, um, I think it was the guy, some, oh, I wish I could remember this correctly, but it was someone from the Grammys who, who was talking about how kind of women need to step up because they were talking yeah. about how there's mm-hmm. not enough women. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's this idea that like, um, like, you know, oh, how can we give awards to, like, female producers, let's say, when there aren't any, you know, women need to be producers more, and it's, like, you have to sort of look at, like, the world, um, that sort of industry is very, like, toxic for women, it's really hard for women to survive in that industry and even get into it, because it is controlled by, you know, white men, and oftentimes there's a lot of harassment, like, if you read all the stuff about Ryan Adams and stuff, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, there's there's a reason why there aren't women in these areas and people like Harry have the power to like go and seek them out and create an environment where women could become involved and then his music would be all the better for it like the more perspectives you have and the more worldviews you have um you know just that that would only could only make your art better (laughs) yeah I was super disappointed watching the Grammys obviously there were a ton of the Grammys was very like female focused this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time someone got up to say their speech, like you say, Casey Musgrave stand up there to say her speech or, you know, uh, Dua Lipa or whatever. Mm-hmm. All the people standing behind them are white men. Yeah. That means all of them were the team that they mm. worked with. Yeah. It's just, it's so upsetting and it's not their fault. It's just the industry's fault. Like that everyone, everyone who works on these albums are all white men. And you don't see a diverse group of people standing up behind these artists who've won. It's just kind of, it's super sad. Yeah. And for this song particularly, I think, yeah, the title Woman, I feel similarly to both of you. Um, I I don't love it in regards to like how I think the song was actually written. Um, and it's kind of a joke. It's kind of a joke. Like it is a sexist sort of thing to like for example, for, like, someone to call their wife, like, woman, like, woman, (laughs) and I feel like I, and, like, my queer friends do it a lot as a joke, um, because it is kind of, like, a sexist thing, because you're basically reducing someone to their gender, or using their gender to define them in some specific way that is inaccurate. Um, You always hear that, like, woman, stop it! Yeah, exactly. Woman, (laughs) like, you hear that phrase. Yeah. And that's how he's using it in this. He's like, woman, I'm exasperated, woman. Exactly. (laughs) And the idea is He's using it in that exact way. Yeah. And the idea is that there's this, like, definitive um, definition for that word that everyone will just know what you mean when you say woman, Mm -hmm. which, you know, it doesn't, it's not the same with man. Like, you never, like, hear someone say man, and it's supposed to, like, automatically mean all this stuff about who men are. (laughs) Actually, when you say man, it's kind of like a term of endearment or like exactly. friendliness like man exactly like, man well except if you're going man damn it <laughs> yeah but but i think that's then, not referring to the gender i think that's like oh man yeah but even then it's like universal like like the word man means everyone yeah. like oh hey yeah. man whereas you would never say woman in that context because right yeah um yeah so the way that i listen to this song i've sort of made it a queer song in my head just so that i can enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> So I listened to it as like basically a song exactly like Jolene. So it's basically a man singing about this woman who is with um, the man that he would really like to be with. And then 
it makes it much more interesting for me mm. to listen to and less um, annoying. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after, um, so the first part of the song is a bit of dialogue and it is a man's voice saying, should we just search romantic comedies on Netflix and then see what we find? Um, and then it gets into the music. <laughs> um, and I don't actually know whose voice this was. Do you guys have any ideas? I thought it was Alex Salabia. I, I thought that's what people, like, we knew it was. Yeah. But then I know, then you look on Genius and it says something else, so. Yeah, so Genius is fan run. And I think sometimes people sneak things in there so on genius it says that it was this guy who has a youtube channel um and they sort of use him as a cameo and he does have a video where he says that but i couldn't tell if it was a joke or not to be honest <laughs> he does, his voice sounds similar to the voice yeah. but i have no idea who he is and i don't know where they would have gotten that and it makes more sense that it would have been someone in their house in jamaica you know yeah I always yeah. thought it was Alex, but I feel like there was something, I didn't just make it up. I feel like there was some reason I think that, but I can't remember it now. Should we just search romantic comedies on Netflix and then see what we find? I do like this um, little intro. And um, when Harry was in um, the Rolling Stones, Cameron Crowe interviewed him in 2017 for Rolling Stones magazine. Um, and this is a paragraph from <clears throat> that interview. To wind down in Jamaica, Styles and Roland, the guitarist, began a daily Netflix obsession with sugary romantic comedies. Houseworkers would sometimes leave at night and return the next morning to see Styles blearily removing himself from a long string of rom-coms. He declares himself an expert on Nicholas Sparks, whom he now calls Nicky Spee. <laughs> After almost two months, band left the island with a bounty of songs and stories. Like the time Styles ended up drunk and wet from the ocean, toasting everybody, wearing a dress he'd traded with someone's girlfriend. I don't remember the toast, he says, but I remember the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little context for where that dialogue must have come from. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have thoughts on this little intro? Um, it's very echoey sounding, like, uh, and I think that sort of sound carries throughout the song. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Stephanie, what I about think it's you? An interesting intro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just I like it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's fun. It's very uh, like you've. It's an it's a great tag to place us exactly where we are in this Ugh. this timeline yeah. of the mm -hmm. world. <laughs> it's perfectly marked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. That it's very kind of off the moment, and I think it's. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the only song that has some sort of bit or element that locates the song and the album in the now, in when it was yeah. actually released. Oh, yeah. Because the other songs, she seems to deliberately avoid that with the mm. sound in general, of course, and then also with the lyrics, which where he never references anything like current. Right. And Unlike Zane's Fingers song, where he talks about like texting and whatever. And Optimus mm -hmm. Prime in the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that was interesting. Um, I think in general, um, it's cute. I think it's cute having mm -hmm. this specific line, having the spoken word 
opening, I think it's also interesting that you have this suggestion of, of course, romance, of a relationship, um, which is very much a contrast. If you talk rom-com, it's, it's a com con contrast to the rest of the song. Mm -hmm. And I think it also is an interesting setup. So kind of within the context of questions like, is this... Um, a callback to the beginning of the relationship that we are talking about in the song, like to better days, or is this a reference to so, so kind of society's idealized vision of love or romance, which usually see in rom-coms, or is it both? Um, mm -hmm. Could the song be the rom-com that they watch? <laughs> that would be interesting. I mean, that actually reminded me of when I went down kind of the darker, I don't know, rabbit mm -hmm. hole. Um, because I've been watching you on Netflix, Ooh. that show with the stalk with, with where then, Hum then Humphrey comes back and becomes the stalker. Yes, <laughs> um, <girl>. yes, um, <laughs> up to his nefarious ways again. And some of this, I could see that in that, from that angle, from the kind of stalkery angle, and so I kind of yes. went down that rabbit hole, and then it went dark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah there's definitely a large aspect of that to this song as well there's like there's um there's an attitude in this song and a bit of anger and demanding mm -hmm. in the lyrics i find yeah and almost to the the should we just search romantic comedies on netflix and mm. see what we find could be kind of like that exasperation like you don't know what mm. to do so you're just like oh should we just <laughs> search romantic comedies and see what we find like, oh yeah we need yeah. something to do yeah i like it that. is yeah. it is an interesting um angle though to to wonder like um like oh this song could be about a movie like or yeah. about a relationship in a, in a film or something that oh, i would interesting. that i would take that would be interesting yeah yeah <laughs> i like that version better <laughs> yes because <laughs> sometimes like yeah, I, like sometimes when I think about songwriting, I'm not a songwriter, but I fantasize about it a lot. Um, I often think about when I'm writing stuff or like thinking about writing stuff, like if I would write stuff about my own life, sometimes like I'll read a story and I'll be like, oh, mm. like I want to write a song about like this mm -hmm. story or like this mm -hmm. love in this story that like wouldn't actually be about me. But like it would yeah. be yeah. But, like, through a different story. So uh -huh. that would be so much more interesting with the song. Oh my yeah. God, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to like... Now I want to think about all the rom coms and like what really, like what this could be applied what movie to. Did they watch? Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's something like maybe it's like Pretty Woman or something. <laughs> like because it's got the woman in it. Maybe it's something related like that. Mm. I don't know. There's so much. The song. There's so much like ugh, attitude in this song. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean. <laughs> we can contemplate as we yeah so. what kind of rom-coms have i watched mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so after this sort of little dialogue um uh -huh. the music comes in i find the music to this song very interesting there's this very weird low piano Mm -hmm. um it's only weird because it's so low they're like i don't know what chords they are but they're very low down on the on the piano <clears throat> which kind of adds like a dark feeling to the song and and it's mm. quite unique i think for um for this for like you know the rest of this album and like modern pop and stuff mm. um and then they all they also hit the piano chords like almost like a bass like they kind of like hit them um where like the bass might go which i find 
really interesting as well. Um, and then we get into the first verse, which is... Wait, wait, I have stuff to say about the music. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I like the piano at the beginning, that run, the... That, like, brings you right into it. Like, it's, like, drawing you into the song. And you yes. get those duck sounds right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, those duck sounds are Harry's voice, which is interesting because it sounds nothing like him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I immediately get... I know people compare this song to Benny and the Jets all the time, but I immediately, just from the beginning, I get that sort of, like, uh, almost, like, campy, like, jazz mm. vibe. Mm. I don't know with the piano and like yeah. the loudness of it that you were saying mm-hmm. um i love it so much yeah stephanie what about you do you have any thoughts on the initial music no i don't okay um and <laughs> I, mean, this- <laughs> I mean i actually before before i came on here i was thinking oh my god i need to listen to that song again just to remind myself <laughs> No, it's fine. Well, if we all talk about every aspect, then this is going to be a three-hour-long podcast. So exactly. it's good if some of us don't have things yes, to say about it. Yes, I don't have an opinion on that. I agree yeah. with you. <laughs> and um, just in case anyone doesn't know the story behind the duck noises, um, or not the story, but a story, um, Harry said um, on playing the album for his parents um, when he was on Radio 1 with Nick Grimshaw, he said, I played it to them the first time, and there's one song on the album where there's a bit with a vocal effect on it. The whole album finished with my and my stepdad said, I have one question. Where did you get the duck from? How did you get a duck in the studio? I was like, that was me. Thanks. <laughs> so obviously they're referring to the duck noise in this song, which I wish I never saw that because now the sound kind of bothers me. <laughs> um, similarly, I love it. I know. I'm a fan of the duck. Similar, I feel about it similarly to the cowbell in Only Angel. It's yeah. just like a little gr- bit grating. I think the cowbell, if you hadn't mentioned that, I never would have heard that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, verse one. <clears throat> I'm selfish, I know, but I don't ever want to see you with him. I'm selfish, I know. I told you, but you never... But I know you never listen. Um... So that's the first verse. Kind of short, actually. Um, Let's go to Stephanie. What are your thoughts on this verse? Um, What are my thoughts? Um, I mean, I think it's interesting that he says selfish instead of... I mean, it's a song about jealousy. And of course, jealousy comes connected to... I mean, selfishness and jealousy, it's all connected. But I think mm-hmm. it's an interesting choice of words because um, if you have jealous, you have this association of being upset or kind of angry of seeing somebody you, you like or love with another person. Mm-hmm. And selfish kind of implies more this idea of um, kind of being egoistic or mm-hmm. um, a lack of caring, disregard of other people's needs or wishes. So I think mm-hmm. it's, I think an interesting choice of words that he says selfish instead of kind of jealous or possessive because these are all, of course, yeah. associated with that. Um, and when the next line comes in, you, of course, know that he means kind of jealous. But I think yeah. that he says selfish, I think, is interesting. Um, and 
I think the part, of course, you have the repetition, which I think is an interesting part of this this whole song that mm-hmm. you have very little lyrical variation. Um, it's very little, just text in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. um, and then um, a minimum kind of a variation and repetition. I think this is interesting. Um, but uh, again, then he goes into this. I told you, but I know you never listen, which I think is the most interesting part of this for me mm. because. I was wondering, like, is, is he blame? Like, who who are we talking about anyway? So, right. are we talking about an ex, or are we talking about a current um, partner, or are we talking about somebody he's interested in? Mm-hmm. And then this idea of I told you, but I know you never listened. So the idea of is he blaming blaming her? I'm just gonna yeah mm-hmm. go with her blaming her, or is he accusing her? Um, or is he more resigned or is there a desperation kind of a desperate attempt to make her understand, which I think mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you that the selfish is very interesting. Cause I think you look at a lot of songs that have um, a similar meaning and they're often much more like pleading. Um, mm. Cause if, if you're still, if you're in the place of like, I've broken up with this person and I'm angry, then that's different. But this song is obviously like, um, the person still wants to be with them. Mm. And usually songs like that have a bit more of like a pleading. Um, mm. Whereas this song kind of has an, has an anger to it. Um, and he's not saying like, I'm better for you. Like, I'll love you better. He's saying, I'm yeah. selfish. I want you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's that self-awareness you were talking about. Yeah. Stephanie. It's like, he is self-aware, which, you know, I guess is a good thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make him change how he's behaving. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really interesting. The idea of, <laughs> I know I'm, I feel this way and I know what I'm like, but I'm going to go and act quote unquote, like act on this anyway. And I'm, yeah, I think this is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Caitlin, what about you? Um, just in terms of like the not like the meaning behind anything, mm-hmm. but I like the sort of um, syncopation of this. Mm-hmm. But I don't e- ever want to see you with him. Like, mm-hmm. there's like a really interesting. I told you, but you know, you never listen. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever. <laughs> but I, I like so. the <laughs> syncopation yeah. of that. Um, and. Um, yeah, the you never listen brought me back to the other sort of themes of miscommunication and mm, bad yeah. communication because mm. it, it makes it seem like he is heated up in this song and he's mm. saying, but I know you never listen, not just about this, but you never listen about a lot of other things because we've got <laughs> communication problems. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's that, there's a larger relationship that this anger is or this, you know, intense emotion is based on just besides just like whatever's happening in this moment, you know, it's like yeah. part of a larger story. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was confused of whether it is, you know, is he talking about an ex? Because then he doesn't really have the right to, you know, mm-hmm. have that. Is he talking about someone who he's in sort of an open relationship with, but he still wants to ask them not to be with other people? Right. Or, you know, they're just kind of hooking up, but he, you know, it's so painful because maybe he does have feelings or just in general, it's painful for him to see who he's like hanging out with, hanging out with some other people. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, mm. But I like trying to discern that as we go through the song, I mm. guess who the, what their relationship is. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, um, like 
looking at it from the angle of like this is someone he wants to be with I don't like the but I don't ever want to see you with him just because it's kind of it like makes me think of someone who's very controlling mm, and like yeah. demanding um and obviously that's like a thought that you might have like if you're if there's someone you want to be with you might think like I don't ever want to see you with someone else or with this specific yeah. person but the way that the song is like directed towards the person and he's talking directly to them um it kind of has this air of like con- controllingness a bit yeah um but in my um jolene fantasy um <laughs> he's talking and he if he's talking to like or the first thing in the song is talking to um someone who's with the person that you want to be with then all of these lyrics sort of have a much different sound to them like i don't ever want to see you with that him because like that's who I'm in love with and like I know you never listen Mm. and like the anger the anger of those lines feel better to me in that context because they make more sense yeah Um, or they don't make more sense but I was just gonna say the anger makes a lot of sense it's just really dark yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) I never thought of it as though that he was actually talking to the person I thought it was more just sort of an inner dialogue this Mm. song like, if he's talking to the person directly, then it definitely takes on a whole nother layer of bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I saw this as almost, like, his just kind of inner emotions. Like, knowing he can't ever say this because he knows it's inappropriate. But just, like, he's mm. feeling these feelings anyway because he mm. can't help it. Like, just because, like, sometimes you can't help feeling jealous or upset. Right. Or, like, all these emotions. And it felt like almost this inner dialogue to me. Because he has that yeah. self-awareness of, like... Yeah, I know I'm not supposed to feel this way and I know I can't say anything or like, you know, but I still feel this way. Oh, my God. You know, I mm-hmm. guess that's how I viewed it. But um, yeah, I definitely see how that's just my own head, too. Yeah, <laughs> not that, that, that makes totally, sense. Yeah, that could totally make yeah. sense. The only reason I don't see it that way is because he says you throughout the entire song. Um, like I- He never says she or they or... I think it it goes with the whole just to get back to Dan Humphrey and you on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this whole idea of the inner monologue and him narrating his own thoughts while watching. So mm. and then going, I told you, but mm-hmm. I know you never listen, and just having the conversation as you said in his head with the person just maybe looking at her, not looking at her, but if he's Ooh. looking at them again, it's it's creepy. Oh, that is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's just at home and having this this fight with himself in his yeah. bedroom so I mean that yeah. could also be the case yeah <laughs> you guys have anything else you want to say about this first verse no no okay so then we get to the pre-chorus the mm-hmm. first pre-chorus and it goes I hope you can see the shape that I'm in while he's touching your skin. He's right where I should, where I should be, but you're making me bleed. Mm. Um, And then that sort of moved directly into the first chorus. They're kind of like blended together um, because right after that, he says woman. Mm. Um, And then the chorus is just woman, la, 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 woman, woman, (laughs) repeated a couple times. (laughs) Um, so what are our thoughts on this pre-chorus, Caitlin? 
Um, I think it's interesting the sound of this one compared to the verses because, as I said, the verses are like quite choppy, mm-hmm. and this one is very it, like parts from that a lot, and it's mm. very sort of swoopy. Mm. I hope you can see, like it's very like almost nauseous feeling, like, mm-hmm. um, and it's very dragged out and. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the contrast there. I love the guitar sound in this. Um, the vibrations of everything and sort of the echoey almost reminded me of Meet Me in the Hallway and that underwater mm. feeling you get. Mm. Um, and then in terms of the lyrics, uh, it's like he's like hoping that the other pers- can, person can see how much in pain he is. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I think sometimes in relationships, you don't want the other person to know mm. how like you're feeling. But in this one, he's like, he's so upset. He wants the other person to know how sad he is. Yeah. Or so, uh, you yeah. know, how, you know, emotionally is just so maybe he can hurt them in return. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you see someone you cared about hurting, it could hurt you. And he's mm. like, look what you um, did to me. Like you're me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, like obviously he's not in good shape. <laughs> and you, you made me bleed, like feeling like his heart's been ripped out, or you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, it's like you know, even like touching your skin, mm-hmm. like while he's touching your skin, obviously has like sexual connotations, but it could also just be like getting to be around the person yeah, and just that touching of skin makes him feel like this immense jealousy and emotion and like sadness and pain mm-hmm. um, because it seems as though he was once the person touching the skin and now he's no longer <clears throat> that person. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Stephanie? Um, my, my, my first thought, which has nothing to do with my other thoughts is maybe <laughs> just with, with what you just said about touching skin, I was thinking maybe he's like, like the the level of jealousy is just really excessive and it's like well he the person who's touching her skin is kind of like her massage therapist or something like (laughs) that he's like you you cannot do that he's watching through the windows and (laughs) don't touch her (laughs) um yeah so just apropos um aside from that um i basically agree with what you what you said about the music, um, Galen and the rest. I think um, with the whole, I hope you can see the shape that I'm in, I would also agree with that, this idea of showing, wanting her to see that mm-hmm. he's in pain and this, I think it's also interesting to see whether he's kind of begging for her, hoping for her to see or begging for her to, to kind of look, look what you're doing to me. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of the, the other side of that, maybe again, going a bit darker with that, the, the, the almost taunting, like, I hope you can see, mm. um, yeah. uh, which I think goes kind of with the idea of his right, where I, where I should, where I should be. Mm-hmm. And then the, but you're making me bleed, I think is interesting um, because of course you have this idea of, he's kind of, this idea of blaming her and accusing her of making him suffer and the question of, is he making is she making him suffer on purpose? Um, does does right. he feel like this is a sort of punishment? And mm-hmm. then I think this idea of um, making me bleed, this idea of blood. I had thoughts on that because mm-hmm. um, you have, of course. And my my first thought was that is has this kind of vis- visceral imagery element. So this idea of the open bleeding wound, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have, of course, the association, just red association with love and life and energy and this idea of um, bleeding and energy leaving kind of the body. And mm-hmm. then I took that. Um, and I have this kind of dichotomy of that. Um, mm-hmm. We have, on the one hand, the, the the version I prefer, the darker, sexier aspect. On the other hand, again, you have the creepier version of... Uh-huh. <laughs> What I think I found interesting is um, of Olivia with um, uh-huh. the primarily with the this isn't the stain of a, of a red wine. It's, I'm bleeding love. Oh yeah, and that I think it's a bit. I feel like it's a bit of a darker take on that. So the idea of um, please, what where are my lyrics? Um, please believe me. Don't you see the things you mean to me? And mm-hmm. that going with I told you, but I know you never listen. And yes. I hope you can see the shape that I'm in. And I think it's kind of a dark, either dark and sexy or dark yeah. and twisty version. This is like of... the more evolved, turn fitter oh. version of Olivia. Yes. <laughs> and Olivia becomes woman. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I mean, Olivia was never a person either, okay? It's the same thing. Yes! <laughs> They're undefined. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. I love that. Um, I always find it interesting the use of blood in love. Like, yeah. you know, Taylor Swift yeah. uses that. Like, so many artists use blood in love. Yeah. I guess it gets at that visceral feeling mm-hmm. that you're feeling, you mm. know, that it's, like, somehow inside you or pouring out of you. Yeah. Yeah, like, and it's, like, blood is pain. so, is so like, necessary for survival. Yeah. It's, like, that similar, like, you know... Yeah, tear my heart out and make me bleed. And... Yeah. <laughs> um, I often, Harry's stuff all, often reminds me of Ray LaMontagne, who is another um, songwriter, singer who I love. And he has a song called Burn that mm. um, I, uh, is very similar to this one. Um, and it has the lyrics, uh, yes, and try to ignore all this blood on the floor. It's just this heart on my sleeve that's bleeding. Um mm. And then he's like, don't walk away. You leave me here breathing from the words so hard and plain. Um, saying the love that we had was just selfish and sad. To see you now with him is just making me mad. So kiss mm. him again just to prove to me that you can. And I'll stand here and burn in my skin. Um, so it's very similar. But, like, it's coming from a place of more sadness mm-hmm. and less anger. Because um, I yeah. feel like woman is like a – there's this attitude to the song um, yeah. that a lot of songs – like this don't have because typically it's very much like like please like look what you're doing to me like i need you to take me back whereas this song's like um look what you've done yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then we have the chorus which is just a woman and then la 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 <laughs> what a great use of la 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 honestly uh-huh. i i'm obsessed with it it's just so good, especially live when those the pink flashings happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think it was in this song, um, or maybe it was in Carolina. I don't know. But with the la la la's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I really really like it. It doesn't. I don't know. It adds so much to it for me. Yeah, especially when you got that one word chorus going on. Yeah, definitely. Woman. 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 
Do you have anything else about the chorus, Caitlin? Um, I'm wondering what you guys think in terms of like putting one word as the chorus. Is that like lazy songwriting, or do you think I have thought works? I have thoughts on this. <laughs> I I feel like yeah. I would say I think it does work. Mm. Obviously, we had that whole conversation about like what woman means, <laughs> like mm. the problems we have with it. But I don't mind a simple chorus if it's done effectively, and I think. It is done well here, mm. besides, like, the meaning that we've parsed out. And I know he does it a couple times mm-hmm. throughout his album, where he has quite simple choruses. Um, and I like the woman. I feel like I, I just, I don't know. I'm a fan of that mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, reminds me of the Benny and the Jeff <laughs> yeah. thing going on. <laughs> um, but I don't know if he uses, like, it too much, the simple choruses. Like... I don't know. Um, I I I like the um, simple choruses. I don't. I don't think that. I think they can. It can be lazy when people do this, like especially like the la la laws. But I think it works here, and I think it was on purpose. Um, like I don't think they were like, ah, oh, we need a chorus. Let's do this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it works for like what they're trying to convey with this song. And again, I yeah. think. Uh, like if I were listening to this song with what I think is probably the intended meaning, I think I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't fully enjoy it because um, it would be a little troublesome. But uh, when I listen to it with my Jolene interpretation, I like it a lot because he's sort of saying like talking to some woman who's with the man that he loves. He's mad at her. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Stephanie? Well, I have a, su- a suggestion that you'll mm-hmm. probably not, that that you'll probably not like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Um, <clears throat> because um, I want to connect that just just in terms of title, not necessarily in terms of context at um, content. Or you could probably do that too. Mm-hmm. Again, to Charles Bukowski mm-hmm. and his, his novel Women. Yeah. which like the pl- plural women and I want to like bring that up because I wonder if this is Harry trying to be clever and mm-hmm. taking the plural that Bukowski has and then using the repetition to kind of present a take on that and connect yeah. that oh like lots of different women he's talking to yeah. because that would, would, would fit the novel which is about this poet who I'm not sure if you if you talked about that I know you quoted from um, that when you talked about um, him finding finding that women are human beings yeah that was from from that yeah. Um, but yeah because that that novel is also kind of semi autobiographical and kind of first mm-hmm. person and about this poet who goes through a number of women and mm-hmm. and some disappointed. Um, with yeah. these sexual encounters and yeah. I wonder if this was Harry trying to be kind of clever which I have to I, I, I kind of I don't want to give him that but I feel like to an extent it is kind of not, not, not genius but I think it's a clever take mm-hmm. on the title mm-hmm. which bothers me uh-huh. in a way. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think it's kind of clever I don't know yeah. yeah, I think that's totally believable and, and a possibility, um, especially because the, the lyrical content of this song um, very much matches up with that novel in particular yeah. um, and Bukowski's feelings in general. 
um, especially how we were talking about at the intro of this song about um, the idea of using like woman to like yeah. address a woman as if women are kind of all the same and mm. um, and uh, you know yeah yeah so um, yeah I was just gonna say something sort of different so <laughs> you can go if Ferris is uh, related to what you were saying um I wanted um it's kind of kind of is because just in terms of um uh, the, the, the way the sounds and the way what I hear is the sort of I don't know vocal layering or echoey sound where you can which sounds mm -hmm. like it's multiple voices and I think this also feels like this symbolic group of men or voices kind of supporting the exclamation and this this exclamation of exasperation mm. um, which again is interesting. Mm -hmm. That was just my. Yeah, I was gonna say something similar, mm. not about the the group of men, but just like the repetition mm. does like bring out that exasperation. Mm. Like it is quite simple as a chorus, just being one lyric, but I don't think it makes it any less powerful. Just because I think in the context, it's like he is feeling this overwhelming mm. emotion and anger and frustration, and it's just like repeating that like woman really makes that emotion stand out a lot yes <laughs> i'm really upset Good. right now because i want to go into a whole thing about how gender is a social construct but we just do not have the time so... <laughs> i mean we can just agree that that is a thing <laughs> um so getting into verse two are we yeah do we have any more chorus feelings I mean, I do, no. I do like the way it sounds. I mm -hmm. like, I agree with you both that I like the chorus as mm -hmm. if we ignore the mm -hmm. potential. It's concept. hard because it's like when we listen, we like it yes. for the most part, except for the worm. But like <laughs> when you're sitting here discussing it and breaking it down, it's like how do you not talk about all these things? Yeah. you know, it's like we're doing an in-depth conversation. Mm -hmm. Things are going to come up. Yeah, definitely. Um. So yep. verse two mm -hmm. um, goes, tempted, you know, apologies are never going to fix this. I'm empty, I know, and promises are broken like a stitch is. Um, I like this verse a lot. I think mm -hmm. it is lyrically cool. I also mm -hmm. like at the very beginning he says, hey, um, but it's sort of uh, like in the background. Um, and then he also does this like humming of like, mm, after apologies are never going to fix this. Mm. Which I just really like those little musical Me too. aspects. And then there's like these harmonies on um, the word empty. empty um, which I like a lot. And they aren't present on other lines. So it like emphasizes mm. that word in a way. Um, yeah, what do you guys think about this verse, uh, Caitlin? Um, I'm trying to figure out, like, I guess what it means. Like, it almost, for me, it feels like he's tempted to, like, maybe give in to the other person, mm -hmm. but he knows that whatever apology they have to give him isn't going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I'm just, like, what is he tempted by? Mm -hmm. Tempted by getting back with her? Mm -hmm. Like, after, then it makes me feel like, oh, maybe it was cheating, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's why he's so angry and upset over it. 
because like apologies aren't going to fix how he's feeling because he just got so much emotion on Mm -hmm. it even though he's empty which is interesting because in this song he doesn't come across as empty at all (laughs) he comes across as completely full with emotion yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah, and and then the promises are broken, broken like a stitches again. Goes back to that sort of cheating feeling because like they promised, but it's so broken so quickly like a stitch, yeah. and you keep stitching things back together and yeah. mending the hole, but it's broken once again. Mm-hmm. So in this one, it feels like there's maybe another layer of not just an ex or not just someone he's hooking up with, but you know he's so emotional because, and it's coming across as sort of angry and frustration, but I think there is that layer of hurt underneath that he just hasn't like gotten to yet yeah. because maybe there were promises and apologies and mm. it's not really helping right mm. yeah i also liked how the sound of broken like a stitches um i always think of sean mendez because of his oh <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's true yeah that's it's interesting point. your take on the syncopation caitlin because i feel like Probably the reason that stands out too is because the way that both of these verses are structured is um, the first line is um, very dragged out and and short. So it's like, Tam, did you know? And then apologies are never going to fix this. Did you know? Apologies are never going to fix this. So yeah, I think that is an interesting um thing to do um i love when we try to think of words and we're like nope there's no word yep. let's put thing there <laughs> you mean me every other sentence <laughs> no i do the same thing i'm like and it goes like pause pause and then thing. Thing. <laughs> yeah stephanie what do you think of this verse i like this a lot um i think it's i think again the variation is interesting with Tempted, you know, and I'm empty, I know. Yeah. And I, mean, I agree with the idea of um, the apologies aspect and was there cheating and the idea of tempted by what, by her, or tempted to do something, again, tempted to kind of get back together or apologize or accept an apology. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the prom- and promises are broken like a stitches, I think that's interesting um because as, as you said it's something that is again easily broken and also mm-hmm. with the idea of stitching something together again and again because the fabric the edges get thinner and it yeah. rips more easily i think that's interesting yeah. and also the idea that on the one hand you can have this uh, this concept of stitches with kind of the needle thread holding fabric together thing and -hmm. on the other hand you can have stitches closing up a wound Mm -hmm. so you have again connecting it back to maybe the bleeding uh Mm -hmm. you're making me bleed and Mm -hmm. we have closed up this wound but there is not maybe not even it hasn't healed over there's not even a scar there's still stitching there's still stitches and just Mm -hmm. this idea of those are also easily maybe torn open and it starts to bleed again um so having this idea of that and then the connection of kind of old promises or broken promises and this idea of opening an old wound or yeah. maybe in this case a not so old wound. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. There's that sort of sort of double meaning of like you're you're breaking a promise and you're opening this wound. 
mm. um, too. Like, yeah. 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 This makes me think of when Michael Scott in The Office. Um, have you guys watched it? No. Um, not not a whole lot. Well, okay, everyone else who's watched it can appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> he has this girlfriend, Jan, and he says, like, <laughs> they're fighting or something. She she did something wrong. And he goes, I specifically asked you not to cheat on me, and you did it anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I don't know because if you if you take this as cheating, mm-hmm. then going back to the beginning, he's like, I told you I didn't want this, but you never listen. Like yeah. I told you I wanted to be exclusive, mm. but you're not listening to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I find that interesting because you don't really get cheating vibes. Mm. I don't think until around here. Yeah. I also wonder if um it could be like these people have broken up, but um the woman is has just started up a relationship with like maybe some specific person who's like i don't know this person's Mm. friend or like an ex-best friend or something and that's Uh. where like the renewed anger is coming from because it's like yeah they're still you Mm. know maybe they're not fully over this person but now they're seeing them with someone who specifically they don't want to see them with like it's not just that they're with someone else it's that they're with someone who is like extra hurtful or something Mm. Mm um yeah do we have anything else for this verse? Nope. Nope. So then we have the second pre-chorus. Um, mm-hmm. The first line, or the first half of the pre-chorus, the second pre-chorus is the same as the first. I hope you can see the shape I've been in while he's touching your skin. And then the second part is different from the first pre-chorus. And it goes, this thing upon me howls like a beast, you flower, you feast. Yeah. Um, this is the Bukowski reference. So Bukowski has a line in his poem, Old Man Dead in a Room, that goes, this thing upon me like a flower in a feast. So obviously Harry adapted that. I like mm-hmm. Harry's better. I like Howl's Like a Beast. Mm. Um, I uh, did like this line quite a lot before I knew the Bukowski yeah. reference. Because I don't like it anymore just because of that, but... Uh, I can still appreciate the adaptation, the way he adapted it. So um, what do you guys think about this pre-chorus? Uh, let's go to Stephanie. Um, I think with the first half, um, with I hope you can see the shape that I've, um, the shape I've been in, I think it's interesting because it's the variation um, on the shape that, I, that, that I'm in from the first mm. one, so... You're right, there is a slight difference there. So we have the present with the first um, pre-chorus, and then we have this kind of, that I've been in, so kind of, he's been in this state for a while, maybe, um, or something along those lines, Um, Mm -hmm. I think. But yeah, while he's touching your skin, it's the same, right? Yeah. Yeah, Um, I'm glad you caught that, because I thought it was the same, but it's actually different. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, with... The thi- uh, this thing upon me house like a beast, you flower, you feast. Um, I am very sad about this newly acquired Bukowski context I <laughs> because <know>. I really, <laughs> I really like this line, especially yeah. the "you flower, you feast" line. I love that line. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it, 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 I, at least it's not from one of the super problematic poems. Yeah, that is true. So, um, that that I'll, I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. And it's 
Okay, ignoring that uh, and going to, to the text. Um, I like I like it. I like this idea of um, this uh, what 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 you said, Caitlin, at the very beginning. This desire aspect um, versus this jealousy aspect. Uh, this idea of something animalistic and kind of uncontrollable, maybe. And then going into this, you flower, you feast, which. I'm still not entirely sure what to make of this, especially with the new Bukowski context, but um, I think it sounds great. It's just a really great line, and mm-hmm. I always read this as this expression of <clears throat> expression of desire or um, with these sexual connotations and references to beauty and references to the body and mm-hmm. um, desiring the body and the body as feast, quote-unquote, and wanting to consume somebody and kind of desiring somebody so much. And that's how I used to read that kind of last summer. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> and I really, really like that. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's Caitlin. mostly what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like this is a super visual part. Um, so I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing upon me how's like a beast. It just makes me think of like this big green jealousy monster that's like on yeah. his chest and it's like weighing him down almost and he yes. like he's trying to like fling it off but he can't yeah and it's like this thing upon me yeah. he's not claiming it as himself he's claiming it as this like other sort of entity yeah. that's like on that's him and true. it's not really him mm-hmm. so it's almost like a separation of like his you know anger and jealousy yeah. and he's like this isn't me but i'm like feeling this you know mm. um and I like that he characterizes, like, his emotion. And the howling, like, mm-hmm. a beast. It's just almost, like, werewolf mm, yeah. Or, like, I don't know. You just think of completely, like, animalistic, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, taken over him. And almost, like, howling in pain, too. Mm. Like, a wounded animal, almost. Like, he's bleeding. Oh, he's howling yeah. in pain. I like that. Like, caught in a trap mm-hmm. um, of, like, anger and jealousy. Um, and then I had similar feelings about, like, I don't know the, I tried looking at the Bukowski poem, it, like, kind of went over my head a bit, like, I don't really understand it, um, so I'm just gonna go in my own, um, interpretation of, like, you flower, you feast, um, obviously there's, like, this sexual imagery of flowers and vaginas, and then feasting, it's very, like, oral sex oriented, um, then you have, like, the Adam and I- Eve idea mm. about like being in the garden and eating mm. and feasting on the apple and like discovering like oh humans can have sex evil something I don't really know I don't, I'm not, never really studied religion ever so and there's the snake so that could be the beast I don't really know what the snake, <laughs> snake does but <laughs> um, but yeah um yeah and I think the you flower you feast I'm interested in the you aspect of it because it almost seems like the general you not the like he's specifically talking to the woman like you flower you feast it almost feels like oh we as people flower and feast or like or he he's talking about himself like you flower and feast and then Mm -hmm. this all happens or something oh oh okay I'm just thinking about kind of pollination now. I don't know. <laughs> it's actually a song about bees. <laughs> uh, oh, a bee movie is taken off of. That's the romantic comedy they watch. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I think it is very like sexy here. 
Um, but it also, like, flowering mm. could also mean, like, sort of blossoming. Mm. And, like, sh- maybe this other person is sort of blossoming without him. And then he feels like she's feasting on him and, like, tearing him apart. Like, because he's bleeding, maybe she was the one who, like, bit him or something. Oh, I like that. Wounds. I like that. I don't know. Like, he's feasting. She's feasting on his heart by doing this. I like she's that. flowering. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. It's kind of confusing. There's no like clear cut. It's not like straightforward language. It's more like emotional imagery here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like that he kind of, to an extent, has reframed. I mean, the original poem is not that problematic for Bukowski, but yeah. I like that he has reframed that and kind of. I'm not. Don't want to say reclaimed because I think that's inappropriate in yeah. that context to say, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but um, I like that you you can see that in a different context, which He's is harder. You know, yeah. it's harder with other other stuff. Yeah, definitely. All right, anything else for this pre-chorus? Mm, no. Nope. All right. So then we have a bit of a musical bridge. Um, there's no lyrical bridge, but there is a musical bridge with um, a lot of electric guitars. Um, again, some very unusual piano stuff going on um, and the duck noises. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into the last chorus, um, which is just a repetition of woman. La, 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 la. Um, and then it ends with him just saying woman (laughs) and then everything cuts out (laughs) so what are you guys' thoughts about the last bit of this song caitlin um i just i love 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 the musical interlude i think it's so great um i like that you have this sort of really angry guitar and then you've got the like light piano sort of going da 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 or whatever mm. i honestly i can't put these in tune because i know yeah. what it actually sounds like i know it doesn't actually no sound it's like a that, weird melody whatever. though with that piano right and it almost reminds me of when he's singing the chorus and you've got the guitar is that sort of harsh woman mm-hmm. and then the la la la's or that piano coming in sort of lighter over top mm. um it like reflects the chorus for me yeah um and I don't know. And then the the last the end the last chorus it just with all those sort of dizzy sounds and the hmms we were talking about earlier and like the layers and the confusing. I think that's I keep using the word like dizzy on so many of his songs. So I think that's like a feeling that is portrayed throughout the album. Yeah. Mm. And like sort of miscommunication, dizzy, like wobbly, wavy. Mm. Um. And I think the song definitely ends like that. And then you've got that sort of last like gut punch at the end with woman and it's like <laughs> finally like this like you know i don't know the last like bang yeah mm. yeah definitely a very dizzy um, feeling that I get as well. Yeah, same. I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the song. Um, what do you, do you guys have any like wrap up thoughts or feelings about woman? 
I think I actually feel better about this now than I did before for some reason. Oh, good. That's good. I think it made it a lot more interesting to have kind of various takes on various things on that. I'm telling no. you, listen to Jolly Parton's Jolene and then listen to this song and make this okay. song Jolene and it will solve all your problems. <laughs> I mean, who says it's not that, though? I feel like we didn't give enough, like, throwing ourselves into that storyline. Because yeah. we just assumed the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. There could be many storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do really like the song. I think the music, as I've said throughout, just, like, really stands out to me. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's some problematic bits, mm-hmm. but... Could be worse. You know? <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> We've had worse. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. job, Harry. I think, like, again, when we discuss these, we're opening those wounds back up, and, like, we're really, like, delving into them, and we sort of need to let ourselves heal a bit after all of these discussions, and eventually listening to the songs will just not... We won't always be in this deep place, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else you wanted to say, Stephanie, before we end? I don't think so. I mean, just what I said before, especially considering that it's kind of a four and a half minute song. It doesn't have a lot of content, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. It's a lot of music. Yeah. I mean, at least not a lot in terms of periods. the words he uses. But um, yeah, no, no other thoughts on that. Yeah, it is quite a musical song. Yeah, for sure. All right, getting into recommendations. Um, my recommendation this week is to watch The Great British Bake Off or The Great British Baking Show. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> I like that you, show. Have you seen it? You like it? I have seen one season okay. on YouTube, and I watched that just because I was reading a fic that had that as a framework, yes. and I had never yes. watched it, and I needed to <laughs> watch two- it. Two super long fics about the British baking bake off. Like it goes through every single week on both yes. of them, and they're both so good. I've only read one of them. I think there's a pod fic of one That's of them. That's the one I've read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really like this show. Um I've been uh I've been binge watching it over the last couple of weeks and it's just very enjoyable and it's like I have a hard time with competition shows. In fact I don't like them. Like that's why mm. I've never watched the X Factor because I hate <laughs> seeing like I hate pe- seeing people sad and like get their green- dreams crushed and I hate the I hate the air of like superiority of like judging um and like hearing judges like tell people that they're like bad at things it just is like not something that I enjoy watching but the great British baking show is perfect because they just do it so well and they criticize people in such a constructive positive way um and everyone is sort of looked at as like a very skilled person in their field, even if they're being criticized. Um, so it's just really pleasant and they're so sweet. Like everyone involved in the show is so sweet and it's just a good time uh, watching that show. So uh, that's my recommendation. Caitlin, what do you have for us this week? My recommendation is to watch the show One at a t- one Day at a Time. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um it's been out for a while, and I think I've recommended it before, but the new season came out, the third season came out on the 8th of February, um, and I'm just starting to watch the, I'm on the second episode of the third season, and it's really, really good. Um, they just address so many really important topics in a really smart way. I've never um, seen this like, show. You really should. There's, like, queer characters, non-binary characters, they talk about, like, the Me Too movement, PTSD, like, uh, like, um 
I don't know, depression, anxiety, like so many really important issues. And I don't know, I just, I really, really like it. And it's really emotional. So I cry and laugh a lot. Yeah. So get ready for that. But like, (laughs) not always, it's not always sad, but it's like deep, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie, do you have a recommendation for us? Yes, I do. Um, I want to recommend one of my favorite bands called Years and Years. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, because they are brilliant. Um, yeah, so they essentially what they make is kind of synth pop. Mm-hmm. And um, what I find most, kind of most appealing to me is that their lead singer uh, is gay and that most of the music they make in, the, kind of in terms of lyrics and music videos Mm-hmm. It's very queer themed, and um, he also writes and talks a lot about kind of personal experiences and relationships, and as well as kind of his own mental health and his experiences with depression and anxiety. And he kind of talks about all of that a lot in interviews and yeah. uses that also in his music, um, which I think is really helpful um, mm-hmm. to do. And I mean, they have, they have two albums out for anyone who doesn't know them. One is called Communion, and one is called Palo Santo. And I kind of want to recommend one song from each album. Okay. So, um, from the first album, one of my favorites is Worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also recommend watching the video for that, because I think that's one of their best and most interesting music videos. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, uh, uh, the one from... Palo Santo, my current favorite is Sanctify. And I also yes. recommend watching the video for that because this is also really interesting. And the first part of a trilogy where they create the sort of future kind of sci-fi world mm-hmm. um, where androids have taken over the planet and humans um, are used for entertainment. And it's really interesting and um they're also on tour right now, so if anybody has the chance to still go see them on tour, so they're still touring. It's great music to dance to, and it's also kind of very, um, it's very kind and joyful and the kind of accepting space that they create. And I also think just seeing um, Ollie Alexander dance on stage is kind of the best thing ever. It makes yeah. me very, very happy. <laughs> Have you seen them live? I've seen them live four times. Oh my uh, God, twice, four times. twice for wow. twice for this tour and twice for the for the first tour, and it's it's one of the greatest joys in my life right now. That's awesome. I love years and years. I've never seen them on tour, um, but I listen to a lot of stuff. It's so good. I love it so much. And yeah. it's also, I think it's it's very underrated because especially since it's kind of synth pop and it's very dancey, and mm-hmm. kind of if you just casually listen. It works, it's fun, but if you get into the songs more in depth, there is Mm -hmm. so many layers and so much in there, and it's so personal, and Mm -hmm. yeah, I love it. Yeah, great recommendation. Um, All right, Um, we would love to hear what you guys thought about the show and your opinions on anything we discussed today. Please feel free to send us news stories or anything One Direction related you would like to hear us talk about in future episodes. Thank you for listening to episode 168 of Talk Direction. You can find us on Twitter 
at talk underscore direction. Email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr at talkdirection.tumblr.com or on Instagram at just talkdirection. And you can follow us individually. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O, L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. And Caitlin, where can they find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin I-R Foster. And Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Awesome. And Stephanie, do you have any social media handles that you would like to share? Yes, you can come follow me on Twitter if you want. I'm at never your girl and especially if you're a fan of years and years please come follow me come talk to me i do not have enough friends who are into that band cool (laughs) um you can visit our patreon at patreon.com slash talk direction where this week we're going to be doing our fanfic book book club with stephanie and i'm super excited about that um so definitely go give that a look if you're interested um you can rate and review and subscribe to this podcast on itunes and on soundcloud i'm lucia i'm caitlin and i'm stephanie thank you for listening we'll see you next time for episode 169 bye bye bye